Guitars are incredibly popular instruments, but have you ever thought about the labor and skill that goes into making one? Right after this, we're going to talk with Jarrett Schaub, a luthier who makes guitars. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, really excited that you join us for another episode of The Catholic Gentleman. If this is your first time, please click that subscribe button and that bell. If you've been here multiple times, please make a comment in the comment section or write us a review. We'd be grateful. I want to keep on producing these these videos and these podcasts and memes and really moving the Catholic gentleman into the lives of more and more men. We're only scratching the surface just now, and we need donors to do that. So if you are inspired, we pray that you might jump over to patreon.com slash Catholic gentleman. We've got some fun tiers, uh, $5, $10 a month. Anything like that is grateful, hugely helpful for us in our ministry as we evangelize and help to make men holy. So today we are excited to be joined by Jared Chobb. He's a devout Catholic. He's also a convert, a husband, father, and third generation luthier. So he's been uh, in the business of making guitars for, for many, many years. He makes handcrafted custom acoustic guitars there in Colorado, although he was from Texas, which is where I live, and we'll have to figure out why he went away. He also plays the guitar. In addition to that, he used to be in a band that was Jared Schaub in the Vagabonds for several years here in Texas. And he stepped away in 2012 to do that, which is all the more rewarding in his vocation, which was growing his family. So he made his first guitar in 2002. And I would say we're about to hear the rest of that history. So Jared, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great, John. Sam, thank you guys for, for having me. Yeah, very excited to be here. Awesome. And so as Sam and I are both musicians and we do love music, we love the idea of producing music as much as consuming music. I want to hear from you why you got into guitar playing and why you decided that the path that your father or grandfather had set before you is the one that you were going to take. You know, I assume you had other interests in life and I just love to hear you talk about your beginnings and um, what brought you in not only to playing guitar, but also to crafting them. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so I, yeah, I grew up in central Texas. Um, uh, my grandfather was a full-time preacher, uh, Protestant preacher. And his uh, his his side gig was building guitars, um, and so I grew up in a family where um, you you learned to play guitar. Uh, if you were if you were one of the men in the family, it's a large family. Uh, if you were one of the men in the family, you were pretty much expected to to learn to play the guitar. And um, if you were a, a female in the family, you were a singer. <laughs> so um, I, I grew up just. Uh, fully encompassed in music. Um, my grandfather had many bands uh, or was part of many bands growing up through college. Uh, my father was also a musician growing up, had many traveling bands uh, through through Central Texas. And like I said, we just, um, the family just was involved in music and it was all because of my grandfather. Um, and so, you know, growing up, 
we, we Sunday Sundays were spent at church and then we would come home for luncheons. And then after the luncheons, we would, we would sit around and play guitars and that's, that's how our Sundays were spent. Um, yeah, they were, they were amazing. Sounds amazing. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so I guess before that though, getting into playing guitars, I, um, you know, my father, I, my parents were divorced and, and my father's side was the one that was so heavily involved in music and my mother's side, not so much. Um, but when I was with my father on the weekends, we would, we would practice guitar and he would show me, you know, Hey, practice on this before the next time you come back and, and let's see where you're at. And so, um, I'll be honest with you at first, it was, um, the guitar wasn't for me to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed singing. Um, but playing guitar wasn't really part of, you know, when somebody's pushing something on you and it's just, um, you know, you got to decide you want to do it. Right. And, uh, it took me until my, my high school years is when I really got, um, excited about learning to play the guitar. And so, um, uh, that's when I started playing, um, the building of the guitars came later, right after I got out of high school. Um, my grandfather was building, he'd been building for 40 years or so. Um, uh, just, he builds acoustic guitars, electric guitars, basses, fiddles, mandolins. Wow. He kind of the whole spectrum. And, um, my, my father at that time, um, he wanted to not let that, that skill, you know, go away with my grandfather as he was getting into his older years. And so he, he picked up and, and started building underneath my grandfather. And then a couple years later, I decided I wanted to do the same. Uh, and so I, yeah, I, I, I asked to be led in the shop and yeah, they, they let me come in and build my first instrument. So yeah, that was around the 2002 timeframe. And, um, I've just, I've taken it from there. I, I had a hiatus of, um, of about 10 years. Uh, after I moved to Colorado, I just did not have the space, nor did I have the tools. And I, um, you know, it, it, it took me a while to gain all of that, to gain the space and gain the tools and, and to, um, to, to pick it up again. But yeah, I'm, I'm head over heels for it now. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's so cool. One of the things I love about traditions of craft is they so often involve family. Um, and I'm just, what a lot of people have, have kind of scattered families. They're all over the country or they're, you know, just not those strong connections that there used to be. And I'm just wondering, like, what was it like for you just kind of growing up around this rich culture of music and, and um, craftsmanship? And uh, how, did that, how did that kind of influence who you became today? Oh, goodness. Um, well, growing up around it, I mean, I wouldn't ask for any other the way of growing up. I mean, it was, like I said, music was, was everything to this family and it still is. Um, uh, but I'll go even further back. I guess my grandfather, he wanted to, he wanted, he wanted a good guitar, but he couldn't afford it. And so he, 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 he came up with a way to, uh, to build an instrument on a budget. He, he started disassembling older pianos at first to afford the, you know, to, to find the wood to, to build these guitars and um it, it just started from there but growing up around it um i mean i feel blessed to have been just so heavily involved in music everything we did was just involved around music we had a family band uh for many years that that played locally in the central texas area led by my grandfather 
Uh, and then, like I said, we, we just, uh, Sundays were, <laughs> Sundays were full of music and family. Yeah. I, I feel blessed to have grown up around the music like I did. Yeah, I bet it does. It's, it's very idyllic. Just, just the thought of it. That was not how I grew up. And, and, uh, it just really sounds, uh, so contrary to, I would say American youth, not only today, but even in our generation, you know, where there was, uh, far more movies and TV and, um, you know, things that distractions of that nature than just a good, wholesome, you know, community and, and love and sharing vocally, you know, together. So I think that's exciting. Well, I want to talk to you about the process. I have no clue, um, you know, with, with the process of building a guitar. And, and so I'd love to hear your creative elements. I assume you're not building the same type of guitar. Um, you know, I don't know if you build classical guitars or, you know, strictly, you know, acoustical guitars. I'd love to, I'd love for you to dive into what does the process of building a guitar look like? Um, pretty much assume that 99.9% of all of us are clueless, you know, when it, when it comes to that process. So I'd love to, I'd love to enter into your world of building guitars. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I build them fully from, from scratch. Um, mm. All of my wood that I build from comes from California. I order from a, a luthier a mercantile out of, out of California. Um, and in total process wise, it takes about a hundred working hours uh, to build an acoustic guitar. And that's what I focus on is acoustic guitars. Um, I think eventually someday I'll jump off into electrics, but right now my passion is just acoustics. I build your typical dreadnoughts and, um, uh, your OM or orchestra models, the smaller body, uh, guitars. Uh, that's, that's kind of my focus these days is dreadnoughts and OM, uh, guitars. And so, like I said, everything is from, from scratch. Um, um, you know, everything is, is, is hand, hand done. Um, I plane everything down by hand. I, I use a lot of techniques, um, that have been passed on to me from my grandfather. Uh, and then I've also brought in some newer, you know, um, newer processes that, that speed the process up, I guess. Um, but yeah, they, um, you, you start with nothing and, and what you wind up with is, you know, um, yeah, it's, it, it's just, there's nothing like it you know, making something with your hands and saying, Hey, you know, I, I did this, this was something that I made from nothing. Um, process wise, I don't know how much you want me to get. I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into it. There really is. Uh, you know, you start with, with, uh, the bending of the sides, that's all, that's all hand done. Um, and then, and then, uh, shaping the braces, the braces, I don't know how familiar you are with, with the, with the, uh, the design of an acoustic guitar, but that's where, that's what really matters. You know, you can yeah. use any different type of wood you'd like to use on the outside, but what really matters is, is what's on the inside. Mm. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah. Continue. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's just a lot of, um, trial and error, I guess you'd say, um, years ago when I started building, I had my grandfather to lean on and I had the 40 plus years to, to, to lean on and to, um, you know, to pick his brain and say, Hey, is this, is this right? Is this wrong? Should I do this? Should I not? And, um, uh, now that he's no longer here, it's just right now for me, it's, it's trial and error. Um, you know, I'll try something. And, and then once the guitar is done, if it's, 
you know, I'll, I'll go back and change that if I need to and, and try it a different way. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, a it's, it's just a really long process for me. It takes about, if I'm just fully at it, I can, I can build one in about three weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's from, from the time I start to the time it's ready to start the finishing process. Um, the finishing process, the lacquers or the French polish, whatever you want to use for the finish, that's, that takes some time, but the actual building of the instrument is about a three week process. If I was to put my head down and just, just work nonstop. Excellent. What, what's the, you said the most important part of the guitar, is that also the most difficult part? Um, it is, um, it is. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the, the piecing it together is, is all, you know, I'm not going to say it's easy, but, um, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into it, but yeah, the bracing on the inside is what really, really matters. And, and the stuff that you should really pay attention to that's, that's where the, the tone of the guitar is the sound, um, that that's where you're going to get the sound is from the bracing on the inside. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's you, a lot. I'm sorry. You, you just answered my next question. Cause I was going to ask like, what, what affects the sound of a guitar and, so is it really just that that body of it that that really changes it? Yeah, yeah it's the, the way it's shaped. Um, okay. uh, you know, I use um, we've always modeled our guitars. It's it's the X bracing is what it's called, uh, and it's we model them uh, similar to the way Martin guitars are are braced on okay. the inside. Um, we we've taken that and adjusted it a little bit, but it's real similar to the way a Martin guitar is finished finished out. And yeah, the yeah, that it, it it's all in the bracing. To be honest with you, of course, the thickness of the wood and the types of woods they have very little to do with it. But it's more the bracing on the inside. So is that like a like a really precise like mathematical process, or is it really more intuitive, where you just kind of have a feel for what creates a good sound? Uh, well, like I said earlier, it's all trial and error, right? I, I have uh, yeah, it's a real mathematical process. There's you know, I start with, okay, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to uh, map it out to this dimension. And then from there, you just start shaping it. Um, and um, yeah, it's, you know, to, once you close up the guitar, it's not too late to, to go back and achieve a different sound that you want. It's just working through the sound hole to go in and, and shape those braces a little different. If you don't quite have the sound that you're looking for. How do you test that? Well, uh, for me, it's just, it's, it's a tap test on the, on the top in the oh. back of the guitar for a certain tone. Um, there's no real process. I think, you know, there's the, the big suppliers and the guys that are mass producing these, there's, there's technology out there that will test these guitars, you know, and make sure that they're peaking out where they need to, you know, where they need to be. For me, it's just, it's all hand done. I don't, I don't have any technology involved in it. It's just, tapping on the top and on the back and just achieving a certain tone and then wow. from there yeah like you i said have you have a really good ear <laughs> you must have a really good ear well uh you know like i said you can always go back and change it uh if it's not want it to be but yeah that, that's how i do it i kind of want to i mean that's an, an incredible craft process of just starting with some raw wood and shaping it into this playable instrument. Um, and I want to, maybe we can come back to that a little bit later, but, but I kind of want to rewind a little bit and, 
and go back to something that kind of piqued my curiosity because he came from, it sounds like this really like tight knit family revolving around music, but also like Sunday worship and things like that. And, and definitely like, you know, kind of a Bible preacher kind of atmosphere. And, and yeah, and your, your grandfather was a preacher. How did you end up Catholic? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I grew up. So the one grandfather that was the the luthier as well, he was, a um, he was a, a Baptist preacher for a long time and then, and then uh, started his own church. I believe it was in the late eighties, early nineties. It was a non-denominational church. And um, I went to his church growing up. My other grandfather was a preacher as well. He just wasn't a full-time preacher. He was more of a, a special guest type speaker when, when he was called upon. Um, but my, my wife and I moved to, to Denver, Colorado from Central Texas back in 2012. And I immediately fell in with a church here that my uh, brother and sister-in-law went to. They were actually looking for a, a bass player to be in the in the worship group. So I, I fell into uh, playing at this church and my wife and I joined this church for a long time um, until we moved to Evergreen, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with Denver, um, but just west of Denver, about 20 minutes is Evergreen. And that's where we wound up and that's home today. Um, that's where we're still living. Um, but we were, we were still making the trek back and forth to Denver to, to go to this church. And um, in, in late 2017, my wife came to me and, um, well, let me rewind a little bit. She was, she was born and raised in the Catholic church. Um, and she stepped away for quite some time, um, <clears throat> until that late 2017, um, there was a conversation had between her and I, she, she, she came to me one night and said, Hey, I, I, I am being pulled back to the Catholic church. And, um, you know, while we were still part of this church in Denver. And at the time it was, um, it was a pretty difficult conversation to be honest with you between the yeah. two of us. It was, it was, it was, a it was a tough moment for us too, because it's not that I had anything against the Catholic church. I just had never had any involvement within the church. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with it. Um, and so she, she just said, I'm, I'm going back to the church. I'm going to go back through, uh, RCIA. And, um, that's where we stayed for quite some time. She was going to the Catholic church and I was continuing to drive down to Denver and, and be part of the church that I was part of. And then, um, a few months after that, she, she came to me and then said, look, I want to, I want to baptize our girls in the church. We have three daughters. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she said, I want to, I want to baptize our girls Catholic and I want to, I want to bring them into the church. And, um, at that moment, I, I I felt like I wasn't um, I wasn't being honest to her and I wasn't being I wasn't doing her justice by just continuing to go to the church that I was going to. At that moment, I thought, well, I need to start. I need to at least see what the Catholic Church is all about. Right. I, I didn't have any idea as to what to expect, but um, I started um, at, I just told her, look, I'll go with you and I'll see what this is all about, because. I can't say one way or the other if I agree with the Catholic Church without giving it a try, correct? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I started going to Mass with her, and I don't know if this is too much detail. Do you want me no, to go? No, please keep going. going. Please do. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, so we, um, 
yeah, I went to mass with her a couple of times. And then the, the third time we went, she, she had her RCIA class uh, right after mass. And so we were going to go to mass. The girls and I were going to leave. She was going to go to her class and then we were going to pick her up afterwards. And uh, as we pulled into the church, somebody grabbed my wife and said, hey, class is starting. They had moved up the time and we didn't know it. Um, and so my wife says, well, you've got to go into mass by yourself. I'm going to RCIA. And it was a it was an awkward moment for me again, because <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know a lot about the Catholic Church. And um it's a, it's a it's a great story i feel like so my 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 girls and i went into went into mass and we we sat in the back row as far away as we could <laughs> and um i don't know about you guys but for me i need to it, it takes it takes some some nudging it takes a sign it takes you know i i need those um those obvious hey this is the direction i need you to go type of moments and and um, before mass started, I just, I got down on my knees to say a prayer. And, and that's what I asked for was, um, you know, I need something right now, right. I, I could really use a sign or, um, a nudge. And it, is this, is this right for me? Is this right for my family? Is this right for my girls? And, um, I, I said a prayer and no longer, you know, I opened my eyes after the prayer and someone grabbed me on the shoulder and they said, um, uh, would you and your daughters bring up the gifts? during this morning's mass. And I had never done that. Uh, I knew from a couple of times before that, that I had, you know, that I had seen, okay, I know how to do this. But at that moment it was like, okay, I was just asking for a sign. That's a pretty good sign, you know, for me. Um, wow. And I, I shared that with my wife afterwards, because it really moved me during that mass. It's, you know, I asked for something and and it was right there in front of me. And so I knew at that point I needed to pay a little more attention and, and just dive deeper. And um, and so we started going to mass together. And um, I'll be honest with you, the the signs and the the nudges just kept coming. Um, they, they just didn't stop. I could go on and on about some of the others that I had, but it was just, um, it was obvious the direction that I needed to go, that I needed to look. And so shortly after that, uh, they allowed me to to join the RCI class with my wife. Um, and so I started sitting in on that, um, learning more about the church. And um, <laughs> we, we went and met with the preacher a few weeks after that. It was another great story. We went and met with the preacher to talk about the baptism of our, our of our daughters. And um, we left that meeting and he sent my wife an email and said, hey, I, I feel like Jarrett's ready to enter the church. There's just something something in him. And I see something in him. He's just, he's ready to enter the church. And, and, uh, um, honestly, I was feeling the exact same thing. It just, everything, it just, it felt right. Um, that's all I can really say is just everything just kept pointing me in that direction. And it just felt right. And I knew that that's the direction I needed to go. So we, we went through our CIA together, my wife and I, and then we all joined the church together, uh, in 2018 we were all brought into the church together as a family. Yeah. Um, amen. Preach it, brother. Amen. That, that's, that is awesome. No, uh, I completely agree. Well, I love well, you. Welcome. 
what were some of the what were some of the signs? I I liked you said that there were other signs, but for you, what were some of the obstacles of Catholicism other than the unknown? But you know, uh, what were some of those obstacles? We like we love to hear those things that you were having to overcome, and maybe some signs. I've got a really close um, friend uh, that. Uh, for them, it was the authority of the church, and that was something that they were really struggling with. And then once that, uh, it's truly like once that um, obstacle fell, they were, you know, praying the rosary and and believing in Eucharistic miracles, and it was incredible. So, but I'd love to hear yours, your, you know, um, any opposition, obstacles, or difficulties, or some of these signs that you were mentioning. Let's keep in that direction. Yeah, uh, obstacles. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really have a lot. Like I, like I said, everything that I was learning and everything that I was hearing was just, it just, it just fell right. There really were no obstacles, but I'll be honest with you. It was the rosary. Um, I, I, when I was in RCIA, um, one of the, one of the teachers that were part of it, there were four of them. Um, he, he talked heavily on the rosary one day and, and I got to where, um, I was praying the rosary every morning. I had a long commute to work and, and it for, for, I mean, I still do it to this day. Um, I, I pray the rosary almost every morning. Well, on my, on my morning commutes to work and, and I'll be honest that, that, yeah, that, that played a huge part in my conversion was, was praying the rosary obstacle wise there, there, there really wasn't a whole lot of obstacles on my end. Once I, once I opened up and just decided to absorb it all, you know, it all just, it just came. Um, it just, it was just right. It just felt right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sign wise. Um, gosh, there were, I mean, I, <laughs> there, there were a lot. The, um, one of the big ones when it, when it came time to uh, entering the church, you know, that's when I found out, you know, you're, you, you need a sponsor, right. And you, you have to have your comp, your, your saint, your confirmation saint. And um, I did struggle with that one for quite some time because um, I knew it was a huge decision. And I didn't know a lot of Catholics besides uh, my wife's aunt and uncle. Those were the I had some friends back in Texas, but that was too far to, you know, to lean on as a, mm-hmm. as a sponsor. Um, and so I, I really struggled with with that portion of it. Um, but <laughs> um, it sounds strange, but one night I had this, this dream and, um, it was around the time that I needed to choose my sponsor and I needed, or just, I needed a sponsor. I knew that, but I also needed a confirmation saint or, um, a patron saint. And, um, I had this, um, this, this, this dream. And I, 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 uh, I came across this name of, well, I was walking with my wife's uncle uh, we'll go down this route. I was, I was walking with my wife's uncle and he, he was the Catholic that I knew. Right. And we were talking and he said, you know, you have to have a sponsor. And I said, well, yeah, that's you, you know, with <laughs> asking him, I've just said, yeah, it's you, you know, and he, he chuckled about it and he was like, well, you have to have a saying as well too. And I said, well, I do. It's, it's, it's Ignatius. And that was, I just spouted out the name and I'll be honest with you. I had never heard that name prior to that moment. I mean, I, I it came to me in like this, this dream. I know it sounds strange, but that's. that's it doesn't just, sound strange at all. This is how things work. You're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> There's the funny story behind that. Um, the next morning I woke up and, and this was on my morning commute. I was driving to work and I was praying the rosary. And that's when I remembered, oh yeah, you had this dream. Right. And um, 
uh, the Ignatius. I couldn't get that out of my head. So I, I pulled off the road and I started to look up St. Ignatius. I thought, no way is there a St. Ignatius, you know, and because I'm not kidding. Wow. That was the first time I hadn't heard that name. And I pulled up St. Ignatius and I found uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. You know, it's, he's, he's there. That's, this is the real deal. This is one of those signs that I, I really need to pay attention to. And I, um, nothing against Ignatius of Loyola, but I got to looking into him and it just did not, <clears throat> to me, it just didn't click. It wasn't yeah. what I thought it would be after having this, <laughs> you know, this dream the night before. And, um, I, I called my wife shortly after and I was telling her about this and I was a little bit frustrated, to be honest with you, because I didn't feel like I connected with the saint like I was supposed to. And she said, well, which Saint Ignatius are you talking about? Because there's another one. And I'm like, oh, there it is right there. Now, who's <laughs> so I went to Ignatius of Antioch and of Antioch. Um, just fell right in line with him um, once I got to, you know, reading about him. And right then I knew that he was my he was he was my patron saint. So. Uh, that was another one of those those moments. I, I don't even know how to explain it, to be honest with you. I hope I did it justice there, but yeah, you sure did. What what no. drew you to Ignatius of Antioch? Yeah, I'm sorry. What drew you to Ignatius of Antioch? Well, it's another one of those things. I guess there's not just one. Oh goodness, you're going to ask me that question. I knew that. No. Um, it's <laughs> not just one thing. I don't guess. Just his in his just entire story is just yeah. it just consumed me. Um, yeah, I really can't go into too much detail on that. But it just um, just I just knew that that was the right guy for me. He, yeah. he chose you. He chose yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love Saint Ignatius of Antioch. So yeah, he's an amazing saint. Um, well, shifting back a little bit to guitar, um, and to, to your life as a luthier, I, um, you know, we're talking about your faith and everything like that. And I'd love to hear, you know, what are some of the, the struggles of building a guitar and how does your faith life, you know, kind of help you? I imagine, and I'm just going to jump in here and never having built a guitar. I imagine that you need a lot of patience. And uh, that there is, I mean, because I know the cost of wood. I, I I like to do you know woodworking myself, and I know um, the feeling of cutting something just off, and 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 instead of the opportunity to create something new, it's more of the you know throw the hundred dollar piece of wood against the wall. Uh, so I'd love to hear from you what's your experience and your um, how your faith guides you within uh, your creation there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you have to be really good at hiding your mistakes first off. I mean, you have, it's there, there's mistakes in these guitars. It's just how good, how well you can hide those when you're finished. Um, but yeah, patience is key. It's all about patience. Um, and, and just the intricacy, I, there's just so much detail work when it comes to a guitar, so many things that could, um, to, that could go wrong. Um, and, and they do. I mean, it, it doesn't always go perfect. I'll, I'll say that. Um, like I said, I, it was 10 years that I that I went without building a guitar. And then when I started back up, um, I didn't have that person to lean on anymore. So, yeah, that's a that's an expensive investment to buy this amount of wood and, and then just go right into it head first without having that guidance there. So, um, yeah, it. it it sometimes goes the way you want it to, and it sometimes doesn't. Uh, but patience is is key. 
when it comes to that, but you know, I'm, I'm constantly working on my patients. <laughs> um, and, and, and just, you know, to be clear with you guys, you know, guitar building for me is, is something that I want to do full time. Uh, right now it's, it's, it's actually more of a, it's a, it's a side, uh, you know, job for me. I have a, a, a job that I do the rest of the week. This is more just my, my hobby at the moment that I, that I hope to take further than that someday. But, um, I'm itching to get in the shop all the time. That's where I want to be. And that's where, that's where I'm at peace is when I'm working, you know, on an instrument like this, uh, but patience. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Patience is key for sure. Well, I, I, uh, pulled up your website and these are incredibly beautiful instruments, not just, obviously the sound is probably fantastic. Um, but also just the the finishing details like that um, little like mother of pearl s you have there and the different color woods contrasting and the um, just just all the details is just really incredible. How do you, how do you go about that? Because um, that, that that probably takes a lot of work in itself. It does. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm really trying to step out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, my grandfather, he took it to a certain level, uh, the guitar building, and um, I'm trying to take it further is what I'm doing. Um, you know, there, some of that detail work you see there is, is stuff that we haven't done before in his shop. Um, but the detail work is what I love. I, I love the small detail work. It's what, yeah. what makes a guitar, you know, visually, it's what sets it apart from, you know, from others. Um, you know, it can, it, in the end, it's all about how it sounds, right? You want a guitar to sound good, but you also want it to look nice too. Um, but the detail work, yeah, I, I love working with the mother of pearl. Um, some of the, some of the stuff I've done recently is, is, um, is new to me as a luthier, um, with every guitar I build, I'm trying to push myself just further and further and further, you know, to just step it up a notch each time I do it. Uh, sound wise and you know just the visual what you get out of it the way it looks but well I, but can, yeah. I can say you're doing a great job uh and very impressive well thank you so much what's your favorite part of the process like what you know you you start from scratch um i'm curious to also hear what type of woods that you prefer to use but also what you know, what's your favorite part? Like, what's that moment? You're itching, and I bet you all of it's a joy. But you know, is it that fine detailed work that you were bringing up, or you know, is it the final product? What what resonates with you? I love all of it. To be honest with you, there's not a part of it that I don't enjoy. Um, you know, the detail work. Yes, I, I absolutely love doing that, and I love focusing on that. But the best part about it is, you know, the moment you put strings on it you know, that each one has a different voice. And that's what's great about custom guitars is, you know, you're not, you're not producing the same instrument every single time. Um, something's different about it from the last guitar you build. So it's, it's always exciting to get to that moment to, to string it up and hear the voice for the first time. Um, you know, without using the technology that's out there and available, this is all just done by ear. And, um, that that's that's the that's my favorite part is is stringing it up and uh, getting to hear getting to hear what it sounds like yeah I bet. do you play your own guitars 
I do. Yeah, I do. I'm, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not much of a player. I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I'm a good rhythm player and that's about, that's about all I, all I can do. I, I play and I sing. Um, but you know, my, my passion is building them. What type of uh, music do you prefer to play or do you, you know, have in mind when you're building these? Um, well, I mean, I grew up around country music, of course, um, you know, good old country music, you know. Um, yeah. And I, I grew up my, my father when he was when he was traveling and playing full time, he was a top 40s cover band is what he did you know the top 40s in the 90s he was he was he was that he was out playing country music so i grew up around country music um i still play a lot of country music um you know i I fall more myself in the like the americana type sound um i guess is where i'd put myself is more americana but um the country is there for sure that's what i was born and raised on was country music yeah cool What's the demand like for these? I mean, is it, is it picking up or are people, is your name getting out there? So it's it's picking up. I do have quite a few people interested in, in purchasing a guitar right now. Like I said, I've only been doing it, um, you know, since I first picked it back up in, well, let's see, it was, um, yeah, late 2019 is when I started building again, early 2020. So um, it's hard to to get your name out there when you're only building so many, you know, um, I've built four out of the new shop and, um, you know, I've, I've got, I've got many people that are interested in, uh, right now the shop, I don't know if you've seen on the site, uh, it's, it's on hiatus. My wife and I are in the middle of a move right now. And the shop is, 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 um, it'll be up and going in two months. So right now I'm not building anything. So I've kind of put everything on hold for the time being, but I'll have everything back up and going in a couple months. And I've got a few, uh, people that are that are waiting for me to build them one. It, it, it's just hard to get your. It's hard to get it out there, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. going to take some time. That's all. It's it's patience again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like you're saying, when you're when it's uh, three weeks. Well, you know, I, uh, I I encourage everyone who's listening to check out uh, Shab How do you pronounce that? Shabhouse, uh, dot com. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, these are incredibly beautiful instruments. And I actually haven't heard them play, but um, I'm sure they sound fantastic too. So <laughs> there's some music out there, and there's some, uh, well, there's music attached to that site where you can go and hear some of those guitars. Oh, yeah, like cool. I said, yeah, each one has its, has its own tone, its own voice. That's awesome. So do your Sundays uh, kind of revolve around? going to mass and then sitting with your daughters and playing the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. I, uh, I actually canter now at church. Okay. Um, so as much as I can, uh, I'm cantering at church. So I, I play Sunday mornings quite a bit or Sunday evenings, depending on what mass we attend. Um, but yeah, they're, I'm not trying to force music onto them, but they definitely have, they have the desire to learn. And they're they're starting to pick up the instruments and and they're starting to to get interested. So it's 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 a beautiful thing to watch them. They 
you know, there, there's something in the blood. That's for sure there. Isn't it? Yeah. It's the same thing with me and my, my children as well. Like I don't want to force it on them. I mean, I came from playing music nine hours a day for, you know, a dozen years. And, um, but I want it to be something that's natural, something that is a, is from the heart and not kind of forced upon them. Right. Because if it is, and I knew a lot of individuals in my, um, career that, uh, it was forced upon them by their parents and, you know, they're incredible musicians got into Juilliard, Juilliard, Eastman, you know, Yale, any of these different things. And they just didn't really find joy in, in what they were doing. And it's kind of like, well, that's a nine to five job. That's not, you know, it's not a passion. So. Yeah. And I want them to be ready to want to play and, and, and they will, and they, they already sing. Uh, they're all, they're all singers. They all have a beautiful voice. Um, but yeah, they, they're getting there. I'm just not going to force it upon them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I didn't hear what type of woods you prefer to use. Cause I actually didn't know that the wood has very little effect on the sound. You mentioned that. Um, and so then is it really in the eye of the beholder, right? The individual who's creating it, you like to use, you know, East Hunter and Rosewood, that's going to cost you a ton of money. Or you like to use something else. I, I what what type of wood you know do you fancy um sure yeah you know i like the the sound the warmth of a mahogany uh guitar um that's the one that i play that i've built is a mahogany um, it's it's mahogany honduras mahogany back and sides and the top is a spruce um it's not your typical uh build but it's just what i prefer um east indian rosewood is another real common um, it's just a tried and true, you're going to get a good sound from, from this type of wood. Um, it, it's pretty common in guitars, to be honest with you. And if I was to say one or the other, I mean, I build more with Indian East Indian rosewood, uh, for the back and the sides and the top is, is always a spruce top. And, and, and I use a mahogany neck. Um, you just get a nice warm tone from all of those different types of woods. Um, you can move to your harder woods like a maple and you get a more brighter, um, more um, a tinny type sound out of a maple guitar. Uh, but yeah, East Indian Rosewood is my go to. Yeah, very cool. And then cool. The, the, the bracing on the inside is always done from a spruce. Okay. Always. And is that and, standard yeah. across the board among luthiers or is that something unique to the guitars you make? No, spruce is, spruce is a common bracing. It's pretty much all you'll see for bracing on the inside. Excellent. Yeah, it's light, it's sturdy, it, it's got good vibration. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just made for, for bracing a guitar. Yeah. Cool. Well, I love it. What would you say to uh, aspiring craftsmen, someone who's listening to this, and maybe they they are kind of like you. They've got the the, the nine to five job, and they but they've always wondered about what well, would be fun to like make some pottery or you know uh, carve something or you know make an instrument. Um, what would you what would you say to people like that who are just kind of on the fence or just kind of they don't know if it if if it's worth the effort? Um, and, and what tips would you give them in that process? Well, just just not to give up and just persistence. I mean, if, if you're interested in doing something, just, just jump right in and do it. Of course, I would do some research. If you're going to 
you know, spend the kind of money you have to do for a, for a guitar, I would do some research on it before you, before you just jump right in it. But, um, you know, just, uh, you know, we go back to patience, I guess patience is a huge thing. Um, when it comes to doing this type of work or working with your hands. Um, yeah, just, just jump right in. Sorry. I keep looking over a guitar. I'm, I'm making, I don't mean to not make eye contact, but no, no, uh, it shows, yeah. It shows the guitar you're making. <laughs> So uh, this one here is actually in progress. I don't know how well you can you can see from here, but this is uh, this is an OM, uh, an orchestra model. It's a smaller body uh, with the cutaway. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, this is just the rough out. I mean, I'm ready now to start fitting the neck onto this guitar. Um, everything else is done. Binding is done. Bracing is done. Everything is finished on it. We're just ready to put the neck on it and and, and then move from there. That's when you really start. You can get to this point pretty quick. This is this is uh, this all goes pretty fast when you start fitting the neck and doing the fine tuning. That's what slows you down a little bit. But wow. yeah, that that one's coming along. That's the East Indian rosewood uh, that you see there. That's a that's a real common wood used on on guitars. Um, and then this one here is a this one here is the one that I play. This is Ooh. that mahogany. Um, I don't know how well you can see it. There, it looks good. Yeah, we can see it. Yeah, that's the mahogany. Uh, that one's on the site too. If that's what you're looking at, Sam, this one's on the site here. But yes, yeah, I play pretty often. Um, that that kind of stays with me wherever I go. Yeah. So it must yeah. be a special feeling playing something that you made yourself. There's nothing like it. Yeah, there's really nothing like it. I get. I get questioned all the time. Where did you find that? Or it's it's not necessarily because of the sound. It's just the look, and they don't recognize, you know, the logo on the top. And people that play guitar, that's what they look for. You know, what kind of guitar is that? Well, I made it. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I did. You know, they don't um, always believe you. It's yeah, the ultimate it's, business card there. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, I've always played a custom guitar. I've never had. I mean, I have a few store-bought guitars, you know, off the shelf, but, you know, that was one of the things my grandfather did is, as you were growing up, uh, he built you a guitar. Whether you wanted it or not, you got a guitar if you were in the family. And um, like I said, we had a, a large family, but everyone in the, in the family has a guitar made from him, especially for you. Wow. So whether what, you played what? it or not, that what a great thing to pass on. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Um, oh, that's awesome. So you, you said that you, um, make them from hand from scratch. Do you use electric planers or anything like that? Or do you do, you know, hand planers? I, what works for you? What, I mean, I know that you mentioned that there's some, some things that you can do to speed up the process without hopefully, you know, losing the quality. Tell us a little bit about some of those things. Sure. Yeah. No, a lot of it is hand done still. I, I hand plane a lot of the wood. Uh, I do use electric planers and, um, you know, sanders. I mean, it's, it's just all done by hand, I guess, you know, it's all, you can buy kits online if you'd like to. I mean, mm -hmm. certain luthier to sell kits that come to you with the sides bent and, wow. you know, the, the backs are glued together. The bracing is shaped. You just have to piece it together. Mm -hmm. You can do that, but everything I order is rough, planed i mean it's not the thickness you have to you have to get that all to um exactly what you're looking for so i mean i do use electric tools of course i mean yeah. it, it wouldn't it would slow process if you weren't doing that but 
Um, you know, some of the things that my grandfather used to do compared to the way I do them now, it's just, um, you know, for instance, when it comes to, to bending the sides, um, he used to bend those on an iron, just a, it had a torch running through it and you just bent them on an iron and kept fitting it into the mold and then bringing it over and, and continue to do it until you get it perfect. And it was a, it was a, you know, that, that way has been done for so long, uh, but there's ways to speed that up. There's, there's, uh, you know, jigs that you can make and, and, and they can bring them into that shape for you without having to do so much of the handwork there. So, um, I can do it both way, both ways. If he saw the way I was doing it these days, he might, uh-huh. <laughs> he might yell at <laughs> back to back to the way I showed you, but I, I just, I look for ways to speed up the process, but to, to still keep it, you know, hand done, handmade, if that makes yeah, sense. That does. It makes a lot of sense. And three weeks is still a long time yeah. by modern standards where everything is, is instantaneous to, to, to craft that body. And that's not even the finished work. So how long does it take with the finished work too? Um, all together, it's about a two week long process. If you're going to, if you're going to do your typical lacquer finish, which is, that's the go-to finish is a, is a lacquer, you know, it's, it's just, it, it allows the wood to vibrate still, but it's also a super durable finish you know it it doesn't it doesn't get beat up it doesn't flake it doesn't break as 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 easy as some others but the lacquer process you have to you spray it and then you let it dry and then you spray it and you let it dry and then you let it cure for three or four days and then you sand that down and then you spray again and it's just you go kind of back and forth through that process um you know just you have to allow the time for it to cure you can't go too fast when it comes to the finishing process where you just wind up with a with the week finish. So it's about a two week yeah. long. Yeah. Um, t- tell us about the frets. Yeah. Patience mm-hmm. there. Tell us about the frets and, uh, um, how, how, how does that happen? How do you create those? How do you inlay those? Um, I just, my curiosity has, has been peaked in the creation of guitar. Well, the fretboard itself, um, you can, you know, you can buy them pre-slotted or you can slot them yourselves, um, you know, for the, for the fret wire itself. Um, you know, I've, I've done both. It sure is easy to buy one that's already pre-done for you and machine, but, um, I, you know, you, you lose that homemade touch without fretting them yourself. But, um, the inlay work is done. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> it's done with a mini router is what it's done with. It depends okay. on what kind of inlay you're going to put in, but if you're just putting in the round fret markers, the dots, yep. you can drill and then glue those in place. But if you're going to do some type of intricate inlay, um, it's done with like a hand router, a small hand router, and then micro knives, like a scalpel type knife um, to do the fine work. Yeah. There has to be some math in that to make sure that you don't screw things up um, while you're going through yeah. that. That, that's intricate work. And, and that's one of those places where you need to be really good at hiding, your, you know, the mistakes that you make. <laughs> you know, the mistakes uh, aren't, aren't always, uh, they're a feature, not a flaw in the sense that they show this was made by a human being. And uh, it, the, the Japanese have this, this word, like, uh, I can't remember the exact word. I think, I think it's wabi-sabi or something like that, but it's like, Perfectly imperfect, and I, and I like that because it kind of captures that human touch that, you know, machine may get it perfect, but it was made by machine. So uh, it's kind of like 
little bit of yourself in there. So yeah, no, I like that. I like that for sure. Yeah, it's definitely that. Yeah. You know, when I was working for my grandfather, he was standing there with all that knowledge and all that um, years of experience. He, you know, he'd stop you before you made a big mistake. But, you know, if there was a small one where a lesson could be learned, you know, he would let you make it and then say, hey, no, here's the way to do it next time. Um, if it was a big mistake that was going to cost you the instrument, of course, he would he would stop you. Uh, it's, it's something I'm missing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, so ahead of yourself. Always yeah. be thinking ahead. You know. Awesome. So well, that's a good life lesson right there. So great. Well, so where can people find you? Uh, what can we uh, put in the show notes and uh, to make sure that people who are interested uh, can can stay engaged with you and what you're doing. And I guarantee you, we will have a lot of men interested in checking out your guitars. So why don't you speak to that for a little bit? Well, sure. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, Shab House Guitars. And so it's S-C-H-A-U-B-H-A-U-S Guitars. Mm-hmm. That's where you'll find um, where you can go and look at the guitars and, and get a sound for them. Uh, they can also follow me on Shab House uh, at, on Instagram. Uh, the same handle for Instagram. I, I, I put a lot of the work on Instagram and then um, I also play some of the music on Instagram as well too. And then there's some, some music, if anybody's interested in music on SoundCloud, got a little bit of music out there that you can listen to as well too. And, it, Very and it's cool. all done. Made. Yeah. Very cool. And you said your website is in hiatus. Is there a place for them to contact you um in the meantime you know over these two months until you know that gets up and running is there like a little wait list area or how could they the actual website is still up and running yeah it's still going it's the it's the shop got it okay good good so head over to that website and check it out and you know if you're in need of a, a guitar um we found your luthier so yeah yeah well, thanks for being so that. much for being with us, Jared. This has uh, been a, a wonderful conversation, and uh, love hearing about your craft and your 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 journey of faith. Um, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate. It. You're welcome. It's been a blessing, and and I do. I want to thank you, and I, I like to just point out right. A Catholic gentleman in the world, right? Making guitars, doing something with his craft. It's it's. Um, you know, uh, a passion of his and something that, that you're able to work on and, you know, we're all out there. And so you're in our prayers, uh, please keep us in your prayers. And, um, as we end every episode, Sam. Be a man, be a saint. Thank you.